Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, y'all. This is Sasha here for two quick announcements before we get on to our interview for today. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, quality tonic herbs, some specialty food items, and you're in and around Calgary, then please go check out Lotus Herbal Health, a great family-run store that has two locations in Calgary. You can find them at lotusherbalhealth.ca to find out where their locations are, or you can shop online and they will pretty much deliver anywhere. So quality supplements, tonic herbs, great staff, check out lotusherbalhealth.ca. Secondly, I want to announce the relaunch of my program called Your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, which consists of experts in their fields around the world on consciousness and parenting and education and nutrition and dentistry and homeopathy and more. This is a program I created after my son was born about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And I am now very concerned after the events of 2020 for our future generations. And I believe the time is now for conscious parenting and for conscious parents to rise up and take, to take back our pregnancies and our births and our parenting and the resilience of our children and of future generations. The time is now. We change the course of history by changing the course of our future generations. And we do that by consciously raising them, consciously birthing them, consciously conceiving them, feeding them good food, and taking back the responsibility of raising healthy, well-adjusted, robust people. Resilience. It's time to build resilience. So please go check out sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide, and you will be able to check out all of the amazing material in there. It's time for us to understand how our worldviews are formed, how our self-views are formed, and how to impact that and how that impacts the society on a whole. So check it out, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. And now on to the show. Hey everyone, it's Sasha here with another interview for the Sovereign Collective Podcast. And today I have a co-host with me, my lovely hubby, Tim, because what we're going to be talking about today is more in his wheelhouse than mine, but I look forward to making more of something that I'm familiar with and using in my daily life and our daily lives. And before I talk about what that is, I want to intro, uh, introduce our guest today. It's Mike Collum. Mike Collum of Renegade Ranch and Renegade Nation. Love those names, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And so what we're going to be talking about today are PMAs, private membership associations. And we're going to get into what those are and why you want to know about them or why many people like to know about them. 
and uh, just just this is new information. We haven't talked about this kind of stuff on this podcast before, but it's stuff that we've been interested in in a long time. And I'm super happy to share it with you. And I don't know a lot about Mike and his background. So I'm going to let him do his introduction for himself. So thank you, Mike, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me here. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, it, uh, it's, a, it's a message we need to get spread across the countries as quick as we can, right? And so right now we're in the United States, Canada, Puerto Rico, and we're working on um, Virgin Islands and then a couple other of the territories. So it, uh, it's, Maybe. we want to get it everywhere. And then Ooh. we're going to have an international spot on the Renegade Nation, probably something I haven't told you about before, that will incorporate anybody that's not in the United States to be able to be part of that. And so Canada will have its own heading and then Puerto Rico, but then the rest of the world will have a spot where they can go into and become members of the Renegade Nation. And then why would somebody want to that's out of the country, right? Well, a lot of people visit here every year. And while they're traveling, they'll be able to take and find places that they get hurt. They know where they can go without a vaccination passport, right? Where they know where they can go eat, all those kinds of things. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. So yeah. okay. anyway, I'll, uh, I'll kind of just start off with my story and, and who I am and what I'm about. So I um, my name is Mike Colomb. I live in Northern California. I have nine children and 14 grandchildren with one on the way wow. here pretty quick. And um, I'm a, a father, a husband, um, a Christian, and uh, that's, we, we, we live on a ranch in Northern California. Yeah, we love Northern California, and I have, you know, a bunch of my family lives here still. Yeah, I like everything about where I'm at. I've lived here my whole life, and the only problem with it is in California. So, you know, that's, that's a big issue. So, it, uh, it's something that, you know, we can run from or we can stay and fight. We actually took, and my wife had been bugging me years to move and we decided to move at one point in time and bought a big ranch somewhere else and then she uh, we came back and put our house on the market and then she asked me to, to build a grocery store here where we're at and that's kind of confused for a little while but uh, we made the decision to stay and it was a wonderful decision to do that so that's kind of what led us into renegade ranch provisions so kind of backing up just a little bit you know i'm native of california been here in nevada county placer county most of my life and uh and we just, we made it a home. All my children went through school here. Yeah, we, yeah, we own many businesses. I've owned many businesses my entire life. And uh, today, I mean, it's like, I, I'm not retired from contracting, but I'm a contractor. And, and as we're moving, I'm getting, slowing down my business and starting to transfer out of it. And uh, we, we own a winery down the street and we were looking to take and, and build a brewery and a restaurant here on our property. We've got a pretty decent sized property with, an eight, with about a 20,000 square foot building in it. You know, we took the idea to our engineer and we took it to the county and then where we're at, we're in the country. I mean, we've got a little teeny town you know, in the middle of, you know, between Sacramento Tahoe and the foothills. And we, we took and we started this whole process and the county said, yeah, no problem. We'd love to see a brewery there. So we get engaged in it. We told them that our property here is the main kicker is that we're a gravel property complete. It's a country brewery. We did not want to pave the property and they agreed with that. And, and then they took and yeah, we got to the county said, okay, no problem. We came back, spent $100,000 on engineering and architectural fees, went back up there with a full package. And they said, oh, just kidding. We, you need to pay the property. And it increased my property or my project cost by a million and a half dollars with the pavement. And then I had to, when you do pavement, you have to have retention ponds. So the retention ponds were inside my big pasture that I don't want to have retention ponds. And it's beautiful when you drive by and I want it to stay that way. So we scrapped the project, um, started my wife had been asking me for a while to move out of California and, and in that, you know, we, we looked and we found a place in South Dakota, made that decision to go. 
um, ended up staying and then building the grocery store. So now we're back to the grocery store part of it. So kind of full circle. I'm leaving because of the, the tyranny here in California. And, and every single day they, they pass new laws. And that's kind of what got my wife started was all the vaccination laws that they started doing in California. And it's just affecting the children, infecting our children, right? And we said, no, that's not going to happen. So we got a mandated, you know, vaccination mandate freeze. And, you know, we got them, you know, off that whole cycle and out of out of that that the way of actually being vaccinated. So that, that all worked good. But so as we go along, we we start looking at what we're going to do and we build our renegade ranch. And that's kind of where this whole thing with the PMA started and spurred from that point. So we were out of town coming back, decided to build this, the grocery store. I built the grocery store. Vanessa opened the store in March of this year, or I'm sorry, last year. I can't forget it's January already. What the heck? It's almost right. Christmas, right guys? <laughs> So, so we took and we built the store and she opened it up and it was just, it was a hit, did great. And I'm still working my contracting job at this point in time. And I, and I really, I've been doing it for many, many, many years and I'm tired of it. And we decided that, you know, I'd go ahead and stop contracting and figure out something else to do. So as I'm starting to wind that down, I'm looking for things to do and our store is thriving and we're doing great and we're protected with our PMA and I'll get into a PMA and what that is here in a little bit. And, um, and then at that one, one point, I was just like, you know, kind of the Lord slapped me upside in and he goes, hey, dummy, uh, why don't you do PMAs for other people and help protect other businesses instead of just your own? So my wife and I talked about it and we, we decided to go forward with it. And it was exactly what we were supposed to do. And I know that because of the things that have happened with that and the people we've met and the progression we've gotten from day one of the first starting our PMA to where we are today and the things that we're doing and the people that we're impacting and the companies that we're impacting across the country. So we took and um, started going out and doing PMAs for people. And it's kind of is going trucking right along, doing real well. And then we had a couple of different battles in the hospital. And in about a two-month period of time, we were in their hospital three different times, twice with my son, once with my wife. And when my wife, we went in there, and it was like the week before they let a visitor in with, some, with a patient that wasn't vaccinated or, you know, tested right there on the spot. So, and we, we don't, we don't wear masks. We don't vaccinate, you know, we don't test none of that stuff. So we, we get out and we're fine. And then about a week later, um, we know somebody in town who went to the hospital and then and died there. He went there with COVID, you know, mistreated obviously by the hospital, died. His wife had to say goodbye on a Zoom call. So, I mean, and that's because she wasn't vaccinated and she wouldn't get vaccinated and her husband said, don't do it. So. And so that transpired. So at that point in time, Vanessa starts getting on the phone with all her friends, looking at, at avenues to be able to take and put our medical community together in a functional way where, where we can have access to the people we need to instead of having to go to the doctor or the hospital, right? Because they're starting locking down all these things at that point in time. So we took that information that we had. We, she assembled this little group. And then another group of mine, um, we started thinking and looking at, well, we need to do this, actually not just people doing it, but we need to be able to have people specifically going out and working with COVID patients. And then we need to specifically have a clinic for people to go to. And then we need to look at actually having hospitals overnight beds because right now I can't go to the hospital. But if my son gets injured, goes to the hospital. I, I'm, I'm not vaccinated. I can't go in there. It would force me to be vaccinated. And that's what they're trying to do, right? They have this agenda. It's not just in the United States, across the world. And obviously you guys are feeling the same pain that they want 100% people vaccinated across the world. And the United States is doing everything they possibly can. And I'm, I'm a Trump fan. I voted for Trump twice. And I like everything he did until he became a cheerleader for the vaccination. It's shame on him for doing that and coming out and pushing that. And, and that agenda had led him into where 
you know, their goal is 100%. They, they get out and everybody gets fired up and you get all these you know, millions of people standing in line to get vaccinated. And then they all, they all, and some of them are dying in line, you know, getting shot, dying, and other people still, hey, I'm next, you know, I'm getting their vaccination and standing right up there getting ready to do it. And it's amazing how they do that. And, and then, so they run out of people, right? So then they think, okay, shoot, we're, you know, it's slowing down. What do we do next? Well, let's, let's give away millions of dollars. So you see all the blue states starting to give away lotteries for getting vaccinated. It's like, well, giving our money away to Not people money. to go get it. It just makes no sense. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, 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 it's yeah, unbelievable. I, I heard, so that I've, slows heard down. I've heard uh, food, you know, ice cream, donuts, lap dances, oh, yeah. lap dances, <laughs> uh lottery thing like it was just like yeah I, I've, I've seen the donut ones with lines on them to get a vaccination lines you know it, it cracks me up when you actually watch the video of you know two or three hundred people standing in line to get a vaccination and somebody actually getting the vaccination and dropping over on the side and then an ambulance pulling up and pulling that person away taking them away and everybody's still standing in line i'm next you know they walk up you know, absolutely it's like what, what goes through people's mind to do that I don't get it. It's a strong so, spell they cast. It is indeed. And we I have that discussion frequently that it's it's kind of weird. And yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty sad because they're they're in their heart, right? And, and there's no moving most of them. Yeah, you know, I think that after some of them, and I've seen a couple of people and a few people, and I know there's you know be thousands, millions across the country that have been vaccinated, you know, either by dress or on purpose, and then you know, two or three, you know, vaccination boosters in if they're still alive, you know, they're coming back on our side. So that's yeah. thankful at that. And hopefully we can get them cleaned out and help. So um, I think as a nation, we'll figure something out for that. We have detoxes right now to get all the, all the stuff out, except for the DNA change. Right. And I'm sure there are people out there that are brilliant. They can work on that stuff. So this whole thing with the renegade nation or the renegade ranch provisions, right. And we started and got it going and, and it was the spark across the country that, that led people to understand and know about PMAs. And, and we, we get calls from the videos that are missing right now, right? They pulled them off, YouTube did. But we get calls and emails on a weekly basis, lots of them, um, about, hey, I, you know, I've never met you before. I saw your video from somebody sent it to me. You know, how do I get involved? Yeah, and it's been wonderful. And, and that across the country has led other people to do PMAs across the country. And it's just, it's, it's going from the amount of people we have today being maybe 25, 35,000. I'm not really sure. It's kind of a made up number of PMAs across the country. Just thinking they've been here for a long time. Could be that many, but I really think we're going to be approaching a million PMAs in 2022, 2023. Wow, wow, that's how fast it's growing, it's catching on. People are going, it's how we protect our businesses to go forward today. That and it's going to be really necessary for that to happen. So, um, in, in the progression of us with the healing hub, and what we did is we started the mini hubs, and this is kind of a thing that we looked at, and we've got a good, a good band of people across the country doing this right now. That we're working on we're setting up our, our programs for our supplements and it's basically a supplement business that somebody owns and, and on their own completely separate from everything else it's a it's a pma it's a business on their own and then they operate that supplement business to be able to be a frontline you know, responder to people with covid to be able to give them a protocol to be able to get them you know a prescription we can work that through our network and get them a prescription get them the ivermectin they need nebulizers oxygen concentrators all those things and the whole idea that's to be able to, to get the people quickly, it's mobile, and then to keep them out of the hospital. We don't want, we want to keep them alive, right? So to keep them out of the hospital. And then, and then the next step up, we have like an outpatient care facility that can actually take that patient, that, that um, COVID patient that's got a really, really low oxygen level, 
or just something else is going on and we can't take care of it in the first level, they can go there and get extra help. IV therapies, ozone therapies, you know, high pressure to oxygen, you know, laser therapies, all these different things that all help, you know, hyperbaric, hyperbaric really isn't doing anything for COVID, but it does other things, right? So that's the next level up. And then also in that clinic, there'll be multiple doctors and we're building these right now. We've got, you know, them coming up across the country. And then we got a lot of clinics that are already clinics, but they're freedom-minded clinics, right? So you don't need to have a passport. You don't need a mask to go in there. So the clinics we're doing there is for broken bones and stitches and minor things, right? Some in their outpatient care facilities, like in a little emergency centers. And then obviously we need to look at being able to do hospitals across the country too. And we kind of look at like a 10 to about a 50,000 square foot range, ideal range for hospitals with, you know, a few beds, depending on the square footage of it up to, you know, 10 or 15 beds, something like that. But then having a bunch of these across the country, so you don't have some big old huge brick and mortar building. During this whole exploration and feel around the country, what we're doing with that, we actually came across the hospital that's in Missouri that we're looking at actually purchasing. That's a huge hospital. And then we're looking to formulate and put that together and then put an offering out to the entire public of the United States um, in, in a form where everybody can own a piece in this hospital. And we're looking at, you know, let's do one there. Let's do one in like Florida or California. You know, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, one North, one South. So, and then in the middle of the country where Missouri is right there. So that's kind of the healing hub portion of what we're doing, which spurred me to do can the renegade Can I ask you one? Can I ask you one? Uh, ask many questions, so please. Other than the hospital, everything else that you just spoke about, that's already established? Well, so there's a lot of clinics around the country that are already clinics. They're already yeah. in business. There's doctors yeah. and medical professionals and those. And we're currently creating new clinics. We're getting groups, new groups of doctors and medical professionals together to operate in new clinics. And we're working on, on actually doing, buying those properties and looking at those. And those are pretty much regional, right? So like in, in um, Idaho, they've got a group doing that. Southern California's got a group doing it. There's a group back east, one in, um, a bunch of them in Kansas are doing that. So Oregon's doing that. So everywhere that I've traveled so far, we're trying to get these things start to go and, and then get these little, little new clinics built that allow, you know, full freedom. It'll be, it basically, it'll be, you know, a 10 to 50,000 square foot. And it makes it, the clinics 10 to 20,000 square foot with a bunch of offices in it with maybe five to seven different disciplines, right? So you got an MD, you'll have a chiropractor, you can have an acupuncturist, massage, you can have, a, you know, functional medicine is the whole idea of the entire clinic. So that whole model what we're doing is going for it so what we are doing is we're looking across the country and we definitely want to do these in canada as well we need investors right and, and we've got a few groups of investors we're doing one in oklahoma right now I had an investor um, pop up uh, yesterday actually and say yeah, i've got you know seven million dollars and i want to build a clinic so now we're finding them doctors and, and medical professionals that have been fired from jobs that are hungry to go to work you know so we'll put those systems together and we're going to we're going to make those models around the country so that's you know, it has to happen. And that's kind of what, that's what spurred me and fired me up, I think, to get into the whole thing we're doing today and get the energy behind me is that when our government decided they were going to take away our medical care and they were going to make everybody get vaccinated in order to go to the hospital. Right. Um, and that's shame on them. It's horrible. It should never happen. Yeah, people should be held responsible for that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it because people are going to die. Yeah, and then people are going to die without loved ones. And it's just, it's amazing that they think they can do the kind of, that kind of stuff. So Sasha and my backgrounds are both in what the wellness, like, so Sasha has incredible depth and nutrition knowledge awesome. and plus other things. And I was a registered massage therapist for nearly 20 years and taught at different colleges and things like this. 
and you know it's it's everything's evolved and moved and everything like that uh so there's a now there's you're a coaching now, now i'm coaching and i'm not massaging anymore i, I created a, yeah anyways this is not about me this yeah. is about you oh uh, no it's about all of us <laughs> it's, it's about it's about all of us but yeah. more importantly like we're at the angle that i'm hoping to you know come at this particular conversations because i you know i've i've seen all pretty much all of your conversations online i'm a i'm a student and like a, of, of it and like i said i, I want to participate and help out uh when that time comes and an angle that I don't see kind of covered yet is this international. I'm really glad that you started off your, um, when just describing where you're, you're come from is everything is, is more of this international, uh, idea because sometimes I sit here and, and I look through the laws of Canada versus what I see in the States. And I'm like, wow, it's like so clear in the States. And it's yeah. almost like Canada, for instance, uh, where we live is this um, newer country where they took what they've learned that didn't work in the totalitarian <laughs> models <laughs> down in the states and said well how can we make sure that we don't we know we don't have those issues up here because like yeah you know, canadians are notoriously nice and right and so they don't value their freedom like americans no do. They, yeah. they really don't really don't yeah. you know and so this, there's a there's a passivity, but there's also you know all of there's people like us like there's there's more than enough I think people like us in there, and oh, so absolutely this this idea of like okay so this PMA structure you know private members association um, because I, I you know I have at least half a dozen to a dozen people who are waiting for me to do my thing so they can they can do theirs awesome. kind of thing and. But it's unclear like we come from this place of like always asking for permission like is that legal is this is can you actually do that and and then you know does it work here in canada and all of those things and so when i was looking like so i've been going you know i've been going through all the the paperwork that you sent me and everything and it seems a bit convoluted about what's you know recognized and not recognized and all that stuff right. and one of the one of the things that i really appreciate um, hearing is that a PMA, from how I understand it, needs to be a non-compliant structure. It needs to be non-statutory. Non-statutory. Yes. Before, like a lot of people have no idea what we're talking about when we talk about PMA. So right. It, and I'm, I'm going to get into the full PMA explanation here in a, in a okay. moment. Yeah. So. Okay. Good. Because that's a really basic yeah. thing that we might... need to talk about and clear up for people. Yes. So I don't know if you're still going on your your first original thing, but I think people no, are waiting yeah. to hear what does PMA mean. Right. So let's dive in right into that right now. I think right, right okay. now is the time. So okay. kind of covered the my history a little bit and where what kind of got me fired up to doing as much aggressively as I am today. Yeah, with the formation of the healing hub, right? And that's that whole piece of it. So what a what a PMA is, a private membership association. So in the United States and in Canada, both. And in the US, it was, it's bound around our constitution and our amendments. And what happens is we have the freedom, and you guys do as well, the freedom to associate. So we also, and, and you also have the freedom to do private business. And that's that's kind of a big piece, right? A big thing is that this is private business. So when you're walking down the street, and, and you look at any business that's on a street and you walk by it, it is owned personally by somebody. So somebody owns it, a private individual owns it. And then so most people assume that that's a private business. Well, in fact, it is not. It's a public business that's owned by somebody. And why it's a public business is because they've gone to the public and they've asked for either an LLC or corporation or a sole proprietorship designation. They've gone out and got an EIN that associates them to the tax rolls. And then they go to the county and the city and the state and they ask permission to do business in those areas. 
and in the form of a contractor's license and or a business license or a use permit, all those different things all bind you to the city, to the state. And I'm gonna say, when I say the state, federal, state, local, city, county governments, right? So it's all of them. When I say the state, it'll be all of them together combined. So in that, the state, they, they take and they give you authority to do this. And then what, why they do that is they, they wanna put you into a little box. And then that box is your control mechanism, their control mechanism for you. And, and if you push the boundaries on it, they come to you and they slap you and they tell you, okay, you can't do this. And if you do this, we're gonna fine you. And if you do it too many times, then we're gonna take away your license. So, and that's their power. And, and that's been over the years, they've kind of developed this system because if you look at it, basically our government's a corporation and then their job is to make money, to do with what they want to with. Not what we, the people want it to be done with it, but what they want. And today it just seems to be buying votes with our money. That's what they do mostly with, right? So, um, so in that, yeah, raising taxes more and more so they can buy more votes and, and just put people out of business, right? So, so in that, what happens is um, you are now a slave to the city and state and federal government inside that business. And they'll tax you like crazy. They're going to regulate you like, like crazy. And we'll kind of give you an idea. And when, when you're a doctor that's in a practice has a specific category of medicine that they practice in. And if they're not licensed for other practices and they go outside of that little box, you've got the medical board, the state, both come at you. And if you think about it truly, the state, when you go to a state as a doctor and or any professional for that matter, you go there and that state didn't make you a doctor. Your sacrifice in your education, going to school for a long, long time is what made you a doctor. So that certificate from the university that you went to is what is really your, that's what really matters. Yep. Because you can't just go to the state without that and say, hey, I want to be a doctor. Yeah, but you, you don't need the state to tell you that you're a doctor. You're already a doctor when you graduate from school. So what we do in a PMA, and actually I'm going to give you a really easy analogy on a PMA, just basic works of it. So basically, let's say my wife Vanessa and I, we come over to you guys' home and we're eating dinner and we're having a glass of wine and we have another friend that comes over and they've got a case of wine and we do a little wine tasting and we like a couple of the bottles and we want to buy a couple of bottles. So our friend, you know, I say, hey, I want to buy a bottle of this. And our friend says, yeah, no problem. And you want to buy a bottle of something else? And, you know, no problem. So in that situation, that's a, a private business transaction. Our friend doesn't need a license to be able to sell us the bottle of alcohol. And we don't need a license to be able to buy it. And the facility is our home or our business. It doesn't matter. That private business transaction is allowable in that event. So you can take the same thing and you can put it downtown New York City and, and have a huge building with a thousand people in it. And if you, everybody in there or anybody that buys alcohol from that business is a member of that business, then it's the same association, same business relationship as it was in your home. It doesn't change. It's a private business association, private business transaction, not enforceable under any jurisdiction by our government, period. They have no jurisdiction in the, there at all. All the laws that United States writes and, and most of them that Canada writes, um, they don't, they, it stops at the public. Right. So in, as soon as you hit the private, those rules can't enter. And there's two different crimes, and I forget what they're called. One of the crimes can enter into your private business or your private home, and the other one really can't. So um, this ensue something, and it's in one of my documents. You can read it. <laughs> but in, in that, what happens is um, the government, they make these laws, and they're only for the public. They're not for private. So when you become part of a private membership association, 
like in the Renegade Ranch provisions, when you walk to the door and you buy a product, you have to sign the document. And what that document states is that we're, we are, you by your own will are removing yourself in our store from the public and you're bringing yourself into the private domain of our store as a person. So, and that's what pulls you from the public to private. And then at that point in time, then you obey and abide by the rules of the private membership association. So then that's how that kind of works. So it ties them in, out, of, out of the public in the private. So that's in basics, a PMA is an entity, just like an LLC or corporation or a sole proprietorship that exists in the private, not in the public. The other ones are in the public, PMA is private business. So that's pretty much a very, very you know, brief you know, explanation of what a PMA does and how it operates and the powers that you can do with it. So you can have those business transactions outside of the public in a private for pretty much anything you want to. And, and that's, it, that's pretty much it. And it's bound by our constitution. That's it. And we're going to talk about your constitution as opposed to things in Canada. But does there always need to be a contract? And does that contract need to be written? And does it need to state certain very specific things? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> so every member that comes in the store has to sign the contract. And then you keep a copy of it. So now if you do an online business like the renegadenation.org website is, is online. So when you go on there, you, go, you hit the landing page. And as soon as you want to sign up to be a member, it automatically pulls up our membership application. And you have to scroll through the whole thing and read it. And then click the box on the bottom. And until you do that, you can't buy anything. right? You can't go into the, into the site itself. Yeah. So the only thing you'll be able to buy... Um, on the Renegade Nation, on the front end will be our, we're going to put out the Healing Hub. We have our own co-share um, med meta-saving med saving plan that's going to be out you know, probably by the end of the month. And that'll be done on the front end. And you'll click on it and it'll take you right to the website of the other side. And that's the only thing that you'll be able to buy on there without being a member. So because we want to be able to have everybody buy medical insurance that wants it. So that, that, that piece of it. But everything else that you do, you have to be a member of, of the PMA. Um, they, that's and there's no no doubt everybody who walks in the store is a member give you a little story um, so our winery is just a couple miles from our home here and and we have that we have an ABC license which is in California it's called alcohol beverage control and then so they control the alcohol there that we make and then we sell so we have this license that allows us to do those things our winery is a couple miles down the road we could have bonded our grocery store for a couple hundred bucks we could have brought that that license over here and associated it to here we didn't for a couple of reasons. The first one, because we're a PMA, we don't need to, right? And there's precedence for what we're doing to not have to do that in the United States, both in Oklahoma and Texas. And, and there's other states doing the same thing. There are different things that all bind to the same constitutional amendments that protect us to be able to do this, this transaction. And, um, and then the other reason we wanted to be able to, to educate our local district attorney and then ultimately the alcohol and beverage control in California. So we opened up in March. Um, pretty pretty soon to us opening, the, the ABC heard about us. They set up a little sting operation. They sent somebody out, and and he came over and he went into the store, got a bottle of our wine, went up to the cashier. Vanessa was working at the, at the station there that day, and then um, he goes to buy it, and then she tells me he has to be a member of the, of the store. So he he signs a fake name and actually executes the document that specifically states on it that what he just did is illegal. And he can't do it. He took himself out of the public, in the private, signed the document saying that he will not entrap or do anything illegally or legally against us at all. And then he did that. So, so then he takes the bottle back to the ABC and they put it in a locker and he come and he did it one more time. 
So then they sent us to court here. So actually we have court on Monday would be our ah. first official court date. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of knew that that was going to happen. And what we're doing with that is we're setting up a precedence for the world to see on, and how you can deal with your government who is, they have this perceived authority that they've taken over many, many years and then it's compounded every year. And we as lazy conservative Christians in the United States, and I don't know about how you guys are going up there, but we're, we're lazy. When I say lazy, we we're work lazy. our butts off, but politically we don't get involved and we don't do anything and we yeah. don't say no enough. And yes. it's, we got to stop not saying no. And, and this is kind of, I think what's going to wake up the country is when they took away our medical freedoms and without medical freedoms, that's with the wake up call. That's when we all need to be bound together. And uh, so we're, we're going to be in court on Monday um, having fun with that and working through that system. And then as soon as we get through it, you know, we're going to post it on the Renegade Nation and we're going to post it across the United States and Canada for people to see you know, the, basically the strategies and the, the direction we went and how the court case came out. And, and, and we're very, very confident that we'll have no issue coming through it whatsoever. There are Supreme Court cases in the U.S., many of them, that support exactly what we're doing. So that's, my confidence level is 100%. And, and I just wanted to take that confidence level and then put out that for the country to be able to see, hey, guys, you know, this is why we're doing it. This is what you can do. And if you want to, you know, come join us and be free. Right. So great. And this is a very established mode of operation in the United States, right? Like this isn't something new. Not at all. The PMAs have been around for a long, long time. Like and yeah. how long? So, what do you mean? Like well, the first time the one of the amendments got attacked was in 1805. Okay. Right. So um that's you know that that's since then there's been 78 different attacks that have gone to the Supreme Court. I imagine there's some that didn't take it all the way to the Supreme Court. But 78, they went to the Supreme Court, and every single one of those 78 won, and there were zero losses at all. Yeah. So, you know, the, and that's, they're not all PMAs. The, 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 the private right to contract with another. That's the, it's, it's unlimited private right to contract. Yeah. And that's what we have, an unlimited private right to contract. Yeah. With no enforcement. There's a one provision around there about clear and presentation, uh, clear and present danger around yeah. substantial evil and stuff like that. So, yeah. you, can't, so, you, so you can't contract a, an assassin or you can't be that's, killing people. <laughs> right. That's, so not, that that's is, not cool. Is that so? That is that the only time when this falls apart is when there's yes. intent to harm? Well, I'll say only part. Um, so, what's happened in the US, there's other companies doing PMAs, and there's some of them that write statutory documents statutory PMAs, which is just an oxymoron because it, yes. in, in, just in what it does, it doesn't work, right? Because yeah. the statutory document puts you right back in the court, which is where you want to be away from. So, you know, that, yeah. that part of it is totally have good documents. So I have about a bazillion questions around that, but my yeah. problem is, is I have some knowledge behind me and, okay. I'm still, you know, and this is, you know, Sasha plays lead on, on all this podcast stuff. And I know you've done lots of other podcasts that kind of talk about the generalities. So I'm, yeah, not, I'm wondering. This also needs some generalities okay. too. So we'll do a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then, then I think a question that's really worth asking is uh, what are the limits as to what a PMA can actually do? Yeah. Is there a As far as business-wise? As, as far as business-wise. Like what, what's your niche? What's your uh, our area of expertise or what product do you have or whatever? Like, I don't know. Like what yeah, is so knowledge is anything that's limited that it doesn't apply to that can't be applied to. Yeah, I think the only limiting thing right now, and I'm working on this, and I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna beat this part of it. I think the only limited thing that I see right now is not being able to sell the government. 
And I actually okay, have what the government, sorry? To, to sell to the government. So to have a government, the government agency be a member of a PMA, right? They have to be a member in order to be able to sell to them. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to break that. I think I have a, um, a city in that, um, that may become a member of somebody's PMA because they want to buy their products so bad. So okay. that would be a great precedence. Wow. And I'll make them famous as a city. People are going to come from around the country to go see them. famous. I'm telling you, that's. Oh, that's interesting. It would be, and yeah, it would be. I'd love to see that across the country. Start start that precedence and have, you know, a thousand cities across the country be members of somebody's PMA and actually be buying products from them. That would be in something else. And this one here, they they buy from a local farmer and have for a long time for things that they do, and and that would, and they don't want to stop. So we're we're working through that situation right now. You know what's uh, that? That brings up an idea that I actually had. It was actually before I found out about you personally, Mike. But I had heard about you know PMAs and like you know I've, I've, I used you know I actually did some offshore structuring in my background and and I learned about trusts and actually learning about that stuff actually is how my relationship model and my coaching stuff came together. Believe it or not, that's awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, because I found like with, with the money and like, first of all, it's called a trust, which is, you know, trust is pretty important in a, yep. you know, and, you know, exchange of value, consideration, bonding, like it's like all this really interesting words that, that are based around commerce that, that seem to be kind of love based. So, <laughs> so when I was like, when I was thinking about this, I was learning about PMAs, I started wondering, just like you said, you had a, you have cities who would be interested, could be interested in being part of a PMA. Is it possible, do you think, to have PMAs be part of each other's PMAs? Oh, you want that. Absolutely. You want to support each other. Oh, it happens all the time. Oh, so there's a couple different models in that. Let me just kind of go through that really quick. Because I've had a lot of people come to me, hey, and then you've got like a clinic, medical clinic with a doctor. And then they want to have um, other medical professionals in that clinic. And they want them to be a member of their PMA. And then that other doctor being able to charge their patient and have that transaction just localized with that other doctor or that medical profession. And what happens in that situation, and this, it's not a, it's not a common to, to have somebody want to do that. And, and it used to be common for that to be done. I counsel against that structure because what happens is then the, the main PMA takes the responsibility and the burden of everybody else. So if one of the sub PMAs does something wrong, then it could affect all of them plus the main PMA. So you want to have, whenever you have your own localized business, you don't want to be structured on selling a product or doing a service under somebody else's PMA for a, a cover. You want to have your own. And that just keeps everybody on their own. It keeps everything tight inside your own little quarter. And, and, that, and that's how I recommend doing it. So, but on the same event is, um, you know, I'm a member of other people's PMAs and other people are a member of my PMAs. And, and then who have PMAs, right? So in a PMA can be a member of another PMA, not even the person, but the PMA can be an entity can be a member of a PMA, just like the city could be a member of the PMA. So an entity or a person can do that. So, you know, and the whole, the whole idea is like, so I, I really envision um, the renegadenation.org being the largest PMA in the country in, in very, very soon, probably this year will be the largest one um, because of the amount of people are going to go into it. And then in, in that, the majority of the businesses that are going to be in there are all PMAs, right? right? So, and they're going to have PMAs that are underneath them that are members in their business, right? So this big web, and that's what we want to create is this huge web across the country. Yeah. And I kind of, I see like, 
you know, I've had people say, hey, you know, you know, we're doing this and taking away, because what we're doing in the PMA and structurally wise, right, we're allowed to do a few things and you can make a, a business can be a church, right? So we, we build, I build churches and for people and help them in structure and we build faith-based organizations across the country. And in that, it changes the, the way the taxes you know, move down from the business to the person to the state, right, as a tax. And we're not avoiding taxes. We're doing a legal structure completely. Um, but all it does is it keeps the actual business as a nonprofit. And, and actually, it's not a nonprofit. It's a non-taxable entity. In, in California or United States, it's a 501c1a. Um, I, I've got a partner, um, an affiliate right now in Canada, and he's the one who created that document that I gave you. And yeah. we're working on it. We, we had a, a call yesterday, and we found all the, not loopholes, but all the laws inside of the Canadian register, reg, you know, their, your revenue service yeah. that allow you guys to do the same thing, to be well, able to use a nonprofit. So absolutely. we dialed that down yesterday. Um, we're going to take and we'll, um, we're putting together the document and our synopsis on it, and then we'll make that public to you. Yeah, we'll give it to you, and then it can be spread across. Cool. So in Canada, like right in the Income Tax Act, it, like I'm no accountant, but I've, I've, I've been exploring this stuff for some time. It, it, it actually states in it that you have, that is your right to avoid taxes, which is different than evading taxes. Yeah. Right. So you, you, you have the right to minimize your top, your taxable obligation. Sure. It's actually protected under the income tax. The, 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 people should be mandated to minimize their tax. Right. Obligation, right? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Especially income tax, because, you know, those tax dollars don't go to the infrastructure of the country. Yeah. Um, uh, but we won't go into that topic. <laughs> that's that's a whole session by itself. That's a whole, that's a whole another conversation yeah. to have. But you know, something that I'm really hearing in what you're saying, Mike, is that um, you know this is a growing field. Um, this decentral well, you didn't say decentralized, but how I see it is decentralized model is basically how we claim like is people like take their own sovereign thinking back, right? Yes, and it's like you know. I'm, I'm an individual and we've kind of like over the years and decades and centuries have been kind of like pooled into this collective think, you know, group think uh, thing that we've, we actually seem to stop asking questions when it comes to like, you know, what do our rights are and all these things. Right. And so as, as more and more PMAs are happening, like, why do you think now is a good time? Like why, why now? Like why now? Why was that for now for you? And why now? Yeah, we're like the world. Like, what? That's is a, a great question. Um, I think that why now it rolls back to, you know, a year ago may not have been now. And it, so, kind of, my wife Vanessa, she she's been on this thing about since day one. She's been a freedom fighter, and she went out there and started you know, Free Nevada County right away, and got huge groups together from our little community to protest our board of supervisors. They were actually successful in removing a couple of the different, um, actually getting them. These people just left. They quit and left because they got harassed so much. Um, bad um, board of health supervisors, right? So the board of health, you know, the directors, and so they they've been doing that the whole time, right? And she, her thing is that you know, if everybody would just stand up and say, "No, I'm not going to wear a mask," we wouldn't have masks prevalent right now. If the if the United States said, "I'm sorry, I'm not. We're we're not going to fly on your plane if we have to wear a mask." Whether they mandated it or not, you know what would happen yep. in a month's time after no, they would say, okay, they go back to the federal government and say, hey, we can't make this happen, man. These people are not going to fly and yeah. when we're going to go bankrupt. 
And, and you do that by saying no, that's not. And we don't have enough people just stand up and say no. And, and we, we would have stood up and said, no, I'm not going to close my business. Enough people. And, and we helped a lot. My wife, she got a lot of businesses to not stand up and not to close. And we helped them today. And, and today they're super, they're successful because they have all the, all the crybabies that ran in there and said, oh, you guys aren't masking up. You're not making people wear masks. We're never going to come back. Well, you know what? They're good restaurants. They came back. They're in there. And, and sometimes they wear masks and sometimes they don't. Right. So it's, it's people change that piece of it. But if you get enough people to stand up and say, no, it's not going to happen, then it doesn't. And, and with that, and I, and I think it's for me, and, and I agree with her on that, but what would happen is if we were as a nation stood up and said, no, and maybe the nation would have gotten the habit of saying no, right. To other things. But if we stood up as a nation and said, no, then we'd still be here today with a nation that said, no, we wouldn't be wearing masks, but you know, we would be in the same situation ultimately, without the cohesiveness of our 100 million people tribe that we have today, our new parallel society, it wouldn't have been formed. And it wouldn't have put people and pushed them off far enough to be able to say, okay, enough is enough at this point in time. Because yep. as soon as you take away people's health care, I'm sorry, you've done the last straw. And now we're going to rise up. And there's 100 plus million of us. And I don't think we would have ever come to this event today had we just said no with a mask. And people would have said, no, I'm not going to do that. So it took that extra little push, that extra irritation for them to go to that extra mile event and mandating the vaccination passport. So Colorado, beautiful, wonderful state, communist as can be, um, passed a law the other day that says that the hospitals do not have to allow anybody into a hospital that is not vaccinated. And I'm not talking visitors, I'm talking patients. And they, they actually went to step to do a law, California, Washington, Oregon, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, Maine, New York, New Jersey, all those states, they're not, they haven't passed a law yet. They just don't let them in right on their own. So the hospitals are doing this. And, and then that, that's why I think that why now that's why, because they're messing with our medical freedom. They're mandated in my high school where my kids all went to school. They had adults over there. This has been two months now, two and a half months, you know, walking around campus, vaccinating children without parental consent. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you just, you vaccinated my child without my consent. I'm spending my, I'm spending time not in, in jail. Yeah. Oh, because that, that's, that's not going to happen. You, you just, you can't do that. It's not, it's not cool. Well, it's a, yeah. you know, it's a violation of the prime directive of, of being human, right? You've now harmed someone, whether willingly or unknowingly or whatever, you know, you are injecting somebody with something that you actually don't know the components of. And it's just like, oh. You know, well, it's like that's, Nancy Pelosi, just, just vote on this bill and I'll tell you what it is after you, after it passes. Right. And they, and she the, actually I did. Know, that. I don't know how these bills keep certain, you know, it's all like, of a sudden just surfacing and they're like 20,000 pages. <laughs> and if they only happened like last month or something like that, yeah. very Because they have thousands of people working on it. Yeah. But you know what? There's when, lots of conversations about, about that happening. Yeah. If, because we can, we can spin off into fax land if, <laughs> Just like yeah, no doubt about it. So but, I think I think that's why now, but I think now because now's the time for us to say enough is enough because it we've already passed that point. Yeah. And people are starting to understand that and rise up. And, and uh, quite honestly, in the United States, if we wait another 10 years, it'll never return. You know, and we have an opportunity to keep it strong. When you say rise up, you know, a thought that comes to, have you ever read the book by Ayn Rand called Atlas Shrugged? Oh, you know, I watched the movie. <laughs> you watched the movie. So you know what you know what the premise yes. of the movie is, right? Yeah. Amazing. So yes. right? 
you know, for those who don't know, that I'll keep it really short. The premise is that there is a hyper-regulatory system coming into play and all the players that are able to do things, like people are actually doing real business, um, you know, at the top, right? Like the steel magnates and the, the, the railroad magnates and the copper and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden they start disappearing, right? And that's causing, that causes problems because even though all these hyper, these hyper regulators are coming down and they're trying to get, get control of everything, they realize that without copper, for the instance, provider, the without the providers, uh, it doesn't work out so well. They're, they're, they have nobody to have power over kind of thing. So all of a sudden, uh, it's a great story about how just one by one, these, these uh, business magnates kind of disappear and um, and at first, some of the protagonist characters think that all these other people are being really selfish or whatever by just you know abandoning ship and leaving. And it's not till later in the much later in the story that you find out that they're actually basically creating a parallel society. That's what they did, and they had to contract with each other. Nobody got a free ride. Yeah. Right. So they're actually, in my mind, are creating like these PMA. Oh yeah things going on that yeah. no jurisdiction like the, there's no corporate uh or government entity which is a corporate entity has jurisdiction over what their agreements are right. right yep that's in such a great analogy and it's amazing that that movie was brought out and, and when i when i say rise up and when i, I don't mean rise up with our arms and I yeah. people all the time the things you're doing are going to create you know people when you start squishing little counties and cities because you don't have to pay a lot of their taxes, right? You don't pay for the things that they are used to. So it'll hurt them a little bit. And when I say rise up, those are those are things that, that are necessary that that we do because we don't have to give them the money for that. And they need to be put back in their place. And that's Absolutely. what I'm saying, rise up, take that stuff away from them, get their, shrink their money base, shrink their power base back to where it should be. And my whole idea, this is kind of a the, where I've come in the last couple months and and realizing how and what I think is going to happen. I don't think that what I'm doing is going to create a revolution um, as far as an armed up revolution, that type of thing. I think it's anything but that if it's done quickly and, and effectively and it's done properly. So the way I see it is we take and we have this 100 million plus people that are on our side. We're all freedom thinking people and we, we don't want to be vaccinated and passported, you know, and all that kind of crap. So um, with that, we, we start today. And so in my little community in Nevada County, um, two weeks ago, we put a recall out for all five of our board of supervisors. And, and that needs to happen across the country. We need to start firing these people that are bad and bad running our counties and our, and our states and our cities and all that stuff. You know, I think that we take and we start going from little town, little city to bigger town, big city. And we start changing the government by putting conservative people, by voting conservative people back into office. And then all the way through and keep on consistently doing that in the little teeny towns. It's got to start grassroots. And if, and I'm sure you guys are the same way we have just in our little Nevada County, probably 15 little freedom groups and, and they're all fragmented. Right. And there are, I think that we need to, as a community and our community is not just here in Nevada County anymore. Our community is our hundred million person, new tribe, our parallel society. That's our community. We need to bond together. We need to bind together and we need to have all these little groups start to change our infrastructure, start to change our, our leadership and our governments and then elected people going for office and putting that across little city by little city by state and then by the whole US. And I think it's a 10 year goal 
that within 10 years, we can be back in the federal government running the White House and then both sides and having the power back in the conservative voice being a conservative nation. I don't think it's going to happen underneath our, you know, our typical Republican and Democratic Party. I think we're going to have a third party come up and actually be the new lead party and be the power party in control with our hundred plus million people. people. Yeah. Like the, truly, have them. you must know Renette Senum then. Oh, she's one of my best friends. Oh, that's a, she's the very first person I interviewed for this podcast. Oh, that's the awesome. Very first interview. That's so yeah. funny. She'll be thrilled when she knows I'm on here. You know, and she's, uh, Renette and Susan are some of our best friends. Oh, hello. We, we talk to them. We talk to them daily. And now she's running for governor. She's running for governor. Yep. Oh, hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, she's she's amazing. They're they're both we love them dearly. And um, I'll give her, you know, it's kind of a funny story because yeah, um, who I am is like, you know, she's my buddy and and she says she's gonna run for governor. I said, Well, you know, she goes, So I got your vote, and I go, Well, I don't know, yeah, I haven't yet interviewed you yet. So <laughs> um, I set her down and grilled her for about 45 minutes and you know. Put her finger to the, right down on the pin and in it down, saying, "Okay, I'm squeezing you out, and I want to find out what you're about." And she passed, and she has my vote. Oh, and not wow. only has my vote, but I'm promoting her, and I put her out to a lot of people, and we're going to continue to do so. Um, her and I are going to do a podcast and put it on the Renegade Nation, and she'll be right on the front page of the Renegade Nation with her platform. So that's those are the things we're going to do, and and hopefully, yeah, she can become our governor, so I can stay in California. Because if she isn't, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> Right. So, nice. yeah. Okay, that's very cool. Plus, we get another conservative in town, but you know, it's just the things they're doing in California are just absurd. Okay. It is just unbelievable the things that are passing, and these these bonehead you know, politicians that we have, you know, making new bills that aren't, you know, they're they're making bills that people don't vote for that affect everybody negatively. Yes, and, right. and as we need to get those guys out of office, they need to be gone. They need to be fired and ejected. They need to be held accountable for the crap they put out there because they've done some bad stuff. Hundred percent. And actually, that was that's kind of where my question was. You know, I mentioned the rise up and the parallel society. Is like, and because I was one, like, I have questions. Like, is it is it worth trying to you know come back into the system and and repair it, or is it too far gone? Do we just and, leave and, it behind and, and you just leave it on, on and and, and start do. building out. Well, I think we leave it. We leave it to the side. We yeah. stop interacting in their in their system. We have a in this hundred million people, um, we have every business thinkable, right? Every single business you can possibly yeah. imagine. We have trillions of dollars. Yes. We have we have legitimately the smartest people in the nation left, right? Because right. all the rest of them got vaccinated. So this whole group of hundred million people are definitely the smartest people that are here here still. Yeah. And and we as a nation can cover any base and anything that has to happen. So you'd be surprised in all the new industries that are popping up right now. And the things that people that are saying, you know, this here's a need now because they're taking it away. I was, I was doing a, a, like an engagement one time in, in Berkeley, California, and which is like liberal Mecca. And I usually tease people who tell me their kid went to Berkeley. And I said, well, that's pretty cool because they came out okay, right? Or, or they didn't come out okay. Because most kids that go to Berkeley don't come out okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that is the lead you know, and they've been indoctrinating children in Berkeley for, you know, 50 years. That was the starting point of that indoctrination from California. It spread across the country. And today it's all the way down into elementary schools, right? Yeah. It used to be only in the University of Berkeley, right? And it just kind of worked throughout the nation. So that's the worst one out there. But this guy, he owns a bunch of properties there. And he asked me, he goes, so can I take a rental property and put it in a PMN? I said, well, you can make a business and put those properties in that business 
and it could be a PMA. And he goes, well, would I have to do this? And he's asked a few questions. I go, no, you don't have to do those things anymore. And he goes, he goes, well, that's pretty cool. And he goes, so I've got a friend of mine who owns a business in downtown Berkeley. And, and he told the city to piss off because they told him to do something. He said, no, I'm not going to do it. And they kept coming back to him and coming back to him. He says, no, you can't make me do it. So, and they couldn't make him do it. Legally, they had no, nothing they could do. So they shut his garbage service off. They wow. stopped letting the city of Berkeley garbage service come pick up his garbage. And he goes, what do you do in that situation? And I looked at him and I go, can I raise my hand? There's like, well, 50 people. I go, hey, anybody want to start a new garbage service? No, nope. right. in Berkeley. See, and that's the whole thing. It's like, we don't need them. When they take something away, we put something forward. When yes. our doctors and nurses and professionals across the country lose their professional licenses and they can't have malpractice insurance anymore, guess what? We're going to have a new insurance company providing malpractice for all the people who lost it for COVID by either practicing and helping people with, with COVID and or not being vaccinated. And that's what they're doing. They're taking away professionals' licenses for not being vaccinated Absolutely. all over the place. Yeah. So where are we at in Canada with this whole structure? So what we do is I have um, an affiliate there right now and I'm looking for more across the, the country and where, yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> that can, that can actually go to and start helping people um, teach, teaching people how to become PMAs, how to turn, change them over their business, how to protect them. So anybody can become a PMA and, and I really don't like just letting anybody be a PMA. And, and here's the reason why um, you need to be able to protect yourself. And if you can't, and so I, I put them through an educational process. And, and fortunately, so far, everybody that's come to me, we've been able to get them to that point where I'm comfortable with them being a PMA um, and going out and protect themselves because I can't be there. I mean, if you do this, you can't be there all the time for them. Yep. Know, they need to be able to know how to protect themselves and kind of give you a little easy story on how you protect yourselves in the United States. And I'm sure that's very similar in Canada. Um, right away, we we're in business for a couple of weeks and the, the county came out, three people from the health department and the code enforcement and some other lady with the health department. They came in, tried pushing their way into the grocery store. Vanessa knew who they were. She's protested them before. She stopped them at the door and asked them who they were. And my wife has a, you know, she's like harassing them right now, um, kind of without them really knowing it, right? So, yeah, so she's kind of harassing them a little bit and they want and to go, well, we need to come in and take pictures. And she goes, why? You know, so she's pretending like, you know, they don't have authority, not, not pretending. She knows they don't have authority and she's working them a little bit. And then finally they said, well, we need to talk to you. And she goes, oh, she goes, well, I don't really have a lot of time, but the only, I would talk to you. And the only way I will talk to you is if you become a member of my association. So, and they both, they all three look at her and said, no, we can't do that. And she goes, oh, okay, well then you have to leave. And then he goes, no, we need to take pictures. And she goes, no, you're not coming in. And she goes, well, we need, we need you to sign this document. And it was a cease and desist. And she, right. at, she laughed. Yeah, she looked at it, laughed, and said, uh, "No, I'm not signing this." And then the lady says, "Well, you have to." And she goes, "No, I don't." And then she goes, "Well, um, well, we we have to take pictures." And she says, "No, we don't." She, and then Vanessa goes, "Okay, so if you're not going to be a member, you, and, and then somehow you walk right past. They didn't even park on the property. We got eight acres of parking. They didn't even park on the property. They parked across the street and walked through our gate. And and, that, and when you walk through the gate or when you drive through the gate, there's a sign that says, "If you're a government employee and you're here on government business, you're trespassing." Yeah. So they walked right past the sign there. And then she goes, so you guys are now trespassing. And so I'm let you know right now, we don't do business with the public at all. Everybody that's in here, everybody that comes here and buys anything from our store is a private member. We're a private membership association. And Lace did, she didn't care about that. She goes, well, you need to sign this. And Vanessa said, no. And she threw the paper on the table. And Vanessa says, you need to pick that up and take it with you. Or you're littering my property. And then she looked at her and smirked. And she goes, she goes well, now you need to leave or I'm going to call the sheriff and be arrested. And you need to leave now or I'm going to call. So they left. They've never been back. 
because we throw them out the property legally. They know that we're a PMA and they have no jurisdiction in a PMA in a private period. And that's a return. No, that's not money. Do they do the authorities, do the the bureau bureaucrats, do they actually know about this? Are they aware about this structure? Do they know that the rights that that you have as a PMA? Yeah, most don't. That's why we have to educate them. Right. right. So, but when you tell them, when you tell them you don't do business with the public, they kind of a little bit understand that part of it. Okay. Because that's what their enforcement is for the public. They're there for public servants to help the public right. and to protect the public. So quite frankly, so, you, could, you could ask them right up front. So you're here, you're a public servant, right? Yeah, they, they don't, they don't say yes anymore. Oh, they don't. So, and I'll, I'll tell you, we had a, we had an interaction with this attorney that the city hired or the county hired to come down and talk to us because we are, you know, this group of disgruntled contractors and she comes down and she starts, you know, she wants to interact between the, the city or the county manager and then us. And she, we start talking about stuff and then right away, clearly it was came to my attention and talking to her that she felt that the county was at the same level in business as we are as a business and they were our peers. And it's like, yeah, no, not really. They're there to serve us. There are public servants. And she goes, well, no, they're not public servants. And I go, uh, no, excuse me, they are. They're public servants. And, and that's, that's their job is to serve the public. And it's not like they're, they're our slaves, but they're, they're here to protect us and to do things for us that we need. That's what their job. And she goes, well, no, that's not how I see it. And that's not how they see it. So when I, I used to travel a lot. And in my travels, I'd always ask people, you know, sitting next to me, we'd be talking. And one of my big questions, main questions is, what do you do for a living? And I, I'd love that question to hear the variety of things that people around the country do for a living. It cracks me up from, I mean, this wow, you can make money doing that. And there's some pretty weird things people make money in. And when I met people, they would just, they would say, I'm a public servant. And I'd say, oh, awesome. What do you do? You know, so, well, I'm a mayor or I'm a, I'm a work for the sanitation department or whatever they did. They were proud to be a public servant. That was their position in life. They understood it. And they, they were serving us just like our president, our Congress, all those people, they are our public servants. They're not our mentors. They're not our leaders. They're our public servants. We put them there in place to serve us in their capacity of what they're, what they're hired to do. And, and they don't understand that anymore at all. In fact, it went from them knowing they were a public servant into being our equals. And now today they think that we're their servants. Yeah. And that's where they come in with this perceived authority where they have for so long been used to this lazy, compliant community and telling people what to do. You need to do this. Well, nobody says, well, why do I need to do that? Where does it say I need to do that? Well, it's just, that's the way things happen. And then people say, well, okay, I guess that's what it is. Instead of saying, no, I'm sorry, prove it to me. Prove me, prove to me why, when, where it says that I need to do that. I don't see it. If you can show it to me, then I'll do it. Until then, I'm going to do the same thing I'm doing. And that's what that guy in Berkeley did. And then they shut off his garbage, right? Which, you know, that's a bunch of garbage, literally. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is so, a bunch of garbage. Yeah, it is. Totally. So getting back to a few mechanics. So, you know, circling back to the kind of more of an international scope. Um, yes. Uh, as, you know, because I, I have interest from as being a Canadian. Absolutely. Of, of Canadian descent, or at least. Uh, <laughs> um, just a quick note on that. Like when we go, we go back to this public servant thing and, and after the parallel start, uh, society gets strong enough and we start reclaiming all these offices and things like that, I said to Sasha, I'm like, you know, I think people who want to be mayors or MLAs or, you know, mm. governors, and all this, I was like, I think they should have to sign a blood bond. Like, you, you have to understand that you are representing these people. 
Yes. And and if the people decide that you are no longer doing that, you know, you can have like your your notice and opportunity to cure kind of thing. Um, but basically, you could forfeit your life. Like it's that important. Well, yeah. like, especially today, because we want on. them. We want them to work for us. Oh yeah. Like we want them to do what what they're with you know in their heart they're trying to do, but the system seems so corrupt that you know you can't even get up in up upstairs if you will, in the system unless you you know sell your soul. Right. You know, or, right. Well, I think this third party goes out and we do that, and I think that we put in and we implement laws that that are basically term laws that we don't have today through Congress, right? And then I, and I would like to see those term laws, uh, you know, completely dissolved where there are no, there's term limits, period. And you just can't be a politician. There's no reason why Nancy Pelosi should still be in office. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. There, there's no reason, unless you're moving from, you know, from one part of government to the next and doing your term and those there, then you can move around to ultimately be, you know, a, in pre, as the president or whatever, and that's fine. But you can't, nobody should be in Congress for, you know, 50 years. No, it should be four years gone. Yeah. Right? Maybe two terms, maybe. Not, maybe it should just be alphabetical. Uh, this, uh, this, this year, <laughs> yeah. Mike, next year, let's see who's in alpha, uh, Sasha next. And then <laughs> you have to yeah. take, take your turn at the wheel. Something's got to change with that, right? Yeah. And it has to be big efforts. And that's the, you know, changing that part of government is going to be the part that's going to require a, a new, a, basically a new lead party. Right to be able to go in there and do that, so that's going to vote themselves and says, okay, we got enough people now. Let's put this. Let's put this bill out. Let's vote on it. This bill requires that you know X amount of people vote on it, and and then when that passes, then you know we as legislatures are only going to have two terms that we can do, maximum eight years or whatever it ends up being. You know, I'll let other people do that. That's not my. That, that's not what I'm about. I'm just about the ideas. And it, it kind of interesting. I'm back up for a second. For years. Couple of years now, Vanessa and I have been traveling around watching these speakers come into town, and they're amazing, right? And we love them, and they're they're all mean well, and they do great things, and they they come into town and they fire people up and get them all excited about doing something, but then they never leave them with an actionable event. There's nothing that they can actually do that's going to change anything. Just get them there. They get them mad because they tell them the truth, right, about things, and get people fired up, and then they don't ever do anything. Yeah. And in the, the last time I asked Vanessa to do that, and it's been a year now, and I go, hey, you want to go see these guys? They're going to be over here. You know, we go check them out. And it's a hundred bucks a piece every time. And then she goes, why? She goes, they never do anything. It's like, we get to go meet them. That's great. I love them. You know, I like reading their books. I like watching them on TV or social media, but they never end up doing anything to help anything. And I said, yeah, you're, you're actually, you're absolutely right. So we stopped going. And then that, when we, we promised ourselves, when we saw this transition, and then for me into doing PMAs, and then the healing hub and then the renegade nation we haven't talked about that yet really much but that that whole piece of it is that we needed to be able to have actionable events to be able to help people and then that's how you get change is by having something that other people can help do that the whole community when i say community now i'm talking about our 100 million tribe our parallel society is our new community it's not just my friends down the street i have friends now today I, i've talked to thousands of doctors in the last two months and, and it's been amazing, the things that I've learned and know now and the, the relationships we built. And, that not, and then out of that, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people who are starting schools and, and, and literally tens of thousands of people across the country. And, and it's, been, it's been quite an experience. And those, that's our tribe, right? I've already been asked to help create a public, well, or sorry, a private education association. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, right? So- Need uh, 
we, I mean, we're into some some networks that are that are hungry for this. So, right, and let's so coming back to kind of more the international scope of this because it's really easy to even for me as much as I've studied in this kind of thing, it's easy to look at the states. And say, oh, it's so much easier in the states. Yeah. You start looking at these Canadian uh, things, and and um, one of the things you won't find in Canadian uh, historical languaging in, in this world is PMA. You won't, you won't find right. private member association. So how are you, what's, what are you using up here? Well, um, we're not using the constitution because it sucks, yeah. <laughs> right? We're using your charter. Yes. The Canadian charter is where all the teeth are at. Yeah. And in, the, the nice thing about it today, we can write PMAs for, for Canadians in Canada, for Canadian businesses in Canada. Um, here's the, the only problem with this is that you guys, um, have a system that allows your government to change the way that they play. Yes. And that's, that's the big part where they can't change our constitution. They can, they can legally and they can, you know, I guess lawfully even change the way that you guys play with them. Yeah. Section one of the charter has, charter has this little reasonable clause in it with the government, right. unless the government seems it reasonable to intervene. So today, today it's not been changed. Right. And it's, it's holding strong. Um, you guys, you guys are in a in a way different situation than we are in the United States, and and I think and here's why because you know, they're in fear of the United States population because we have you know trillions of bullets and you know hundreds of millions of guns, and and then if they like in Saskatchewan what they are doing right, they're talking about well they already passed the law period apparently, and I talked to I met a guy from Saskatchewan the other day and I everybody. Okay, I talked to you. They asked me if I can do this, and I go, "Yeah, you don't live in Saskatchewan, do you?" By chance, and this guy goes, "I do." And it's like, <laughs> "That's it's like no that's move." The whole province, by the way, that's mm -hmm. where I grew up. Is it really? Well, you know, today they they passed a law that allows the enforcement to go into your home without a warrant, and yeah. then pull people or animals or whatever they want to out of your home without a warrant. Yeah, and that that would never fly in the United States. Um, every anybody that walked the door of that home to do something like that without a warrant would end up getting shot. Yeah. And that's, and that's not, not everybody would do that, but I mean, that's potentially that's your calling and asking for people to rise up with their arms step in time. And that's, that's um, basically unresponsible. I mean, that's for a government to do that. That is very, so irresponsible. It's ridiculous, right. For, to put people in that position because all it's doing is going to call for problems. What, what makes them think they need to go into somebody's home without a warrant? If you have an issue in there, get a warrant and go there and serve the warrant and go in there. If you, don't, if you don't keep your butt out, right? Yeah. So it's pretty sad that they can do that. And apparently they have and they do, right? So that's the difference, I think, with you guys, because, you know, Canadians, and I love watching, I love watching the, the movies, and it's in the movies all the time, about how nice the Canadians are and how much everybody takes advantage of them. Even one Canadian to another sometimes, oh, okay, whatever, you know? And yeah. it's just like, and it's, it's a joke more than it is a reality, right? Because you know that there's a lot of people get fired up pretty hot anywhere, right? I mean, if you guys were that much of a pushover, you wouldn't be playing hockey, right? Yeah. right? That's right. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, we choose our battle. I don't know, but there is a weakness I find yeah. among many Canadians. They just, they just don't question. They don't value freedom. They just, they, they, we ask for permission yeah. constantly. It's like you are an adult. You get to make your own decision. And what I love about this is that it cultivates self responsibility. Be so true. Take responsibility for my choices. And if I made the wrong choice, well, that's my problem. You know, just we, we want everybody else to tell us that it's safe and that it's okay, or right. look to this, 
governing body to make sure that they were vetted. No, I can do my vetting. I don't need somebody else to do that for me. That's so, um, in the United States, that's so rampant. It's ridiculous. The exact same thing you just talked about. It is, it is so much. And even in the people I'm putting into PMAs, I have to constantly remind them, stop asking for permission. Exactly. You don't need to ask for permission. That's the whole point is that we're allowed to have private business in our private association without asking for permission. And people, they, that's conditioning, right? And that's the laziness, the conditioning, that the acceptance, the, the media. So here's something. We don't, we don't have television service. We have TVs. We watch movies. And, and when we travel, you know, it's like we walk into the hotel room, click on the TV for my son. We sit there, you know, watch cartoons or whatever to watch. We're watching a movie one night. And it had a, a an intermission, you know, the commercials came on about every like 10 minutes. It'd be, there'd be one of them we counted. It was nine pharmaceutical commercials in that, in that one break, nine, wow. there was 11, 11 commercials, nine of them were pharmaceutical. And it wasn't just that one break. It was all the breaks all the way through the whole, the whole movie. There yeah. was so, and that's, that's who's running our country, you know, yeah. big money, right? Um, wealthy families, the old, old wealthy families, and not just running the United States, they're running the world, right? They run Canada, they run Europe, everywhere complete. It's all ran by wealthy families and, and not our government. Our government, they're just puppets. You know, our, our president, um, Joe and Kamala, they don't run our country. You know, it's ran by these families and, and big money and big banks and the pharmaceutical industry. And, and then we, we need to get that to change at some point in time. And I don't know how you do it. And I don't know if it could ever be done. And that, that's really not my goal right now to do that part of it, right? My goal, I think, the Renegade Nation, and actually, let me get a couple of minutes on Renegade Nation, if you don't mind. So in the Healing Hub piece of it, when we put that together and thought about it, it's like, okay, now great, we have this great idea in the system, but how do we get it across the country? How do we let know everybody know that there is the system? Because people are walking around in despair right now, you know, thinking, okay, my mom's getting ready to go in the hospital pretty soon. She's going to die. We know she's going to die. I'm not vaccinated. They won't let me in there and be with her while she dies. You know, do I get a vaccination? Don't I, you know, my, my child, um, you know, gets in a, in a, in an accident and has to go to the hospital. You know, do I get vaccinated? Don't I? Right. So at this point in time, you know, we, we have some clinics across the country and some hospitals that are okay for us, but what happens to the masses of people? You know, they end up getting vaccinated and that's, I think our responsibility as Christians and, and people and people who, who care about other people to not let the people who don't want to be vaccinated be vaccinated and to give them opportunities and structure for that to happen. And the creation of the healing hub across the country is a big part of that, right? Or, or the creation of the, the private membership, the private educational associations across the country, a big part of it. You know, the public schools right now, they're getting vaccinated. They're mandating down to five, fifth grade right now, today, down to fifth grade. And, and that's, that's horrible. It's criminal. And it's like, you can't do that. And there has to be a system for people to do that. And we have it. And it's our job to let everybody know. So I'm sitting there, my wife and I are driving down the road one day and we're talking about this. And I said, you know, it's like, what if we created a system, a website where we could have all the healing hubs and all the schools. And then and one of the, I think probably one big piece of why I thought about this, we're in you know, Southern California looking for a restaurant and everybody keeps throwing us out because we won't wear a mask. You know, we're in the heart of the beast down there in LA and, and they won't let us wear, you know, I won't wear a mask. They won't let us in. So we, you know, we scrounge around, finally found a place outdoors to eat. And so I so said, what if we built a database? And in that database, we can make it more than just a database. We can have a database so you can get on. And basically what happens inside the Renegade Nation, you go on the website, 
everything is vertically integrated. So there's a site you can click on healthcare, you can click on education, you can click on, on um, food sovereignty for restaurants and for farms and for you know food stands and those kinds of things. You can click on contractors that aren't going to be, you know, coming into your home mandating, you know, being vaccinated or, you know, it's a choice. If you want to be vaccinated, that's fine. But mandating, oh, you know, I'm not going to work for you because you're vaccinated. So you, you get the right people, the same people, the same people in thought and mind, the free people you know, in, in retail, in attorneys, in banking systems, business solutions, all these different categories. So you go into there and you go into the United States, clicks up. So you hit, you hit healthcare, clicks up in the United States. You click in the state that you're in, and then you click in the county you're in, and then it lists every single healthcare provider that's a freedom healthcare provider in that county. You go into education, it shows all the schools. You go into food, it shows all the restaurants. You go into retail, it shows all the different retail outlets you can go to that aren't going to mandate you having a mask or a vaccination passport. And that's essential for people traveling around the country. So that part of it's essentially, you know, that's a big component of it. But then the other parts of it is when you go in there, there's going to be, and we're setting up right now, the, the site's only about two weeks old, two and a half weeks old, and we're going to have a spot where people that have been fired from, you know, not getting a vaccination or just whatever they need a job can post a resume. There's going to be a place for businesses to post job openings. There's going to be, um, in every single category, you go on there and you want to, uh, you go to healthcare, and on there, there's going to be podcasts and trainings and blogs that teach you all different aspects. You know, let's say you need aspirin and you don't want to take aspirin, you got a headache. You don't want aspirin. You don't want ibuprofen. You don't. You don't want Tylenol. And it'll show you what you can take that's natural. That'll help you with your headache. It'll. It, you're on. You're addicted to this drug that you've been on for 20 or 30 years that the medical system put you on. We're going to show you how to get off of it and what to take to help you get off of it. And then the kind of supplements you should have for life to help you never need it again. You know, we're going to how to cook properly for health, right? What to eat, what not to eat, and have a food section in the in the food sovereignty that say, hey, how to grow your own food how to cook a healthy meal, you know, all these different things and trainings in every component across life. And then there's a big part of it that is going to be a training that's ongoing for all the PMAs or any open business that's free, how to take care of the government when they come to your door, what to do, how to respond to a letter if they send a letter, how to, how to, to tell them they come on your property. Hey, you know, I'm a PMA. I'm not a public business. You have no right or authority here. You need to leave or I'm going to have you arrested. It's that simple, but we got to put it there on the, on their nation for people to see understand and to learn all these different things that you can do to be able to save and hold and keep your rights. We don't, people say, well, you know, they've been taking our rights away for years. Well, no, they really don't. We've been giving them away. Yeah, Voluntarily handed them over. We've been giving them away. Usually with a smile on our face because we don't understand. Yeah. So, so that's the res renegade nation. And that's how I think we get enough people in there fast enough. I think we take control of our country and put it back in shape and back where we're supposed to be. And is law enforcement on your side? Because so we're our, our county lawless society yeah, right now. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Um, some of the police departments are not across the country, right? Because they're ran by totally liberal, you know, communist little governments. But the sheriffs across the country are that's who that's our protection. And every, every sheriff that they sheriff signs basically their their document they signed is to be a constitutional sheriff and to protect the constitution yeah so that's very, very important that they do that and that's their job i mean if you look at biden harris you know they, they had to sign that thing too it says that they're there to protect the constitution and i think that if you're in office somewhere across the country and you sway away from the constitution and you're not upholding it you should be ripped right out of office and thrown away 
and we don't have that protection like that yeah we don't have parents right like we don't have that like when it comes to things it's like oh when i look at the states going damn it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's one of the things like unless i don't know about them but we well there are shared vehicles every once in a while but they're not the same thing as what's in the oh yeah yeah. yeah, and then so you like have provincial provincial police, right? Your provinces or your cities, or we, we have. There's going to be city police or the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, which is oh, they are oh yeah, right. And then so those those guys are kind of like the sheriffs, then, right? But they're they don't have jurisdiction. Towns, not in they the don't city. have jurisdiction in the city. Oh wow, no kidding. Well, the sheriff has jurisdiction everywhere. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? As far as I know, I maybe you know I miss you know maybe they do have jurisdiction in the city. I see them every uh, but once in a while. I know, not I know really, they're in. They're but, in smaller towns and rural areas. Yeah, but they're not. You don't see them in the city. We have our city police. We have our yeah. They're in they're they're in municipalities that don't have their own police force. Well, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Rob look that up and see what their authority is. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you for that. Yes. Because totally. um, there are some great police officers that are coming forward up here and speaking. Oh yeah and this kind of thing so slowly but finally yeah. finally yeah that's good. Had, so and where you guys live how is it in terms of how is your your local city police and department your county supervisors and all those kinds of things they're divided i've been attending a lot of rallies right from day one and i made a point to always go talk to a police officer and it's i've had really good they but they're they're very staying on the fence they didn't want to commit one way or another they weren't going to keep their public appearance one guy said this is the best part of my week is is attending the rallies and there is one guy one of brian dennison Dennison, i think he's the one who's standing up now calling out the police and say hey come on i know you guys are thinking the same way five year veteran yeah and he just and so he's being very public in our city here so it's that's amazing turning they were very ambivalent before or even causing a little bit of problem i saw I saw a whole big ruckus broken out and I, I watched the police. I'm like, you could have downregulated that, downgraded that right away, but instead it just went up right away. So it's it's up and down. We have one of our local pastors, Pastor Art Pulowski. Have you heard of him? He's been, he's quite famous worldwide these days, but they are harassing him like crazy. They keep arresting him. He was pulled over twice in 20 minutes the other night and it's just unbelievable they're just completely harassing this man so and what's he doing for them to harass him just staying open well he's yeah. staying open but he's speaking out he's not i don't know he was just driving that night i don't know the details on that but it he's clearly being harassed without reason it's yeah pretty let's see we have we have the fourth amendment that protects us from that out of our constitution right one of our amendments and that's and then you can actually Take that and what that does and, and unfortunately you guys don't have something like that is it, it actually enables yeah when they harass you enough like that you can actually take them to court and you can actually in the united states we can sue that person personally and the department so and that's we have the right to do that. That, yeah it has to be malfeasance on the personal level like yeah. uh, I, I believe and I, there's got to be ways to do it in common well you know the thing is is that right now we're in an educational phase with pmas across the country and as time goes, the more PMAs that we have, the more opportunity we're going to have to educate our local officials. Yes. And, and, and it's going to be a painful process for people. Some people are, I mean, we put ourselves into it on purpose. And then, but some people are going to get into it not on purpose and it's going to be painful for them. But that process, if we document it and push it through properly, 
over a certain period of time, I think within a year or two, you know, face it, if we had a million PMAs in the United States right now, game's over, right? We're going to do what we want to do. There's too many of us to mess around with that. And, and it's like, they, they just, they can't, they can't handle that part of it. And, and the, the biggest part is not only that can handle it, they don't need to handle it because with a million PMAs out there educating our local authorities, then they're going to understand pretty quickly that we can do what we're doing. Right. There's going to be enough education process going across the country. And then people are just going to be diving in. And this is actually the, this is how we go. This is how we get free, right? We go from, you know, from the business we're instructed right now in bondage to a free business of a PMA to a million of them out there across the country. We have 30, like 32 million businesses in the United States. And, and that's a, a small business administration statistic. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, 32 million of them. So, yeah, do you have 32 million people in Canada? About 35. We're about 10% of you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Right on. Yeah. So, so with that, with a 35, so 10% of our population almost owns businesses, right? And, and it, we're going to have, and I think that the people that I talk to on a daily businesses and the businesses that we're bringing into PMAs and that are interested are mostly conservative. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a, a guess and say that we're going to have probably half of the businesses that are in place today that are conservative people and potentially going to be PMAs. And that's 15 million. So just think about what this country would look like with 15 million PMAs out there. Amazing. Right. Amazing. It would be unbelievable change in this country and fast. It would be really fast. So our job is to get that word out. And I do that with people like you. And thank you so much for giving oh me the opportunity God. to be here with you guys. It's amazing. Absolutely. Pleasure. And just any kind of platform I can possibly get on as quick as I can get on. I went and spoke to you guys know what the Red Pill Expo is. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So no, they invited me. Edward Griffin yeah. stuff for a long time. I, I read the creature from Jekyll Island. Oh, did you? Oh, that's awesome. Ed is an amazing guy. And uh, he's he, he got he got sick here recently. And he's recovering right now. He's doing pretty good. Um, and he had his 90th birthday when I met him. The day I met him, it was wow. his 90th birthday. Right. And uh, he's, he's an interesting, amazing guy. So we're, um, it's a funny story here. So yeah, I'm, we're driving, we're in Texas. I, we, we don't fly commercially because we won't wear a mask and I don't own a jet. So we drive. Oh, wow. We took off and we drove to Colorado. I have a daughter and family there. We stayed there for a couple of days and another daughter and family over in uh, Texas. So we go there and stay a couple of days and we're on our way to Louisiana and Vanessa and I were talking about something. And it, and it became apparent to her that I had no idea what the red bell really was. <laughs> and and as I, I wanted to say it on stage and I forgot when I was there, it's like, I had no idea. I said, this cool group invite the red pill, they invited me down there. And then so now, and here's, here's even makes it funnier and worse than that. I, there's another red pill organization out there and they had me on as a guest and I spoke on there and it was an amazing interview. I love it, the interview. And then I have one of my businesses, one of the PMAs that we put in place, and he's called the Red Pill Grocery Store or something like that, Red, Red Pill Store. Awesome. So I got all these Red Pills, and I'm thinking, well, this is pretty cool. I wonder what it really is. And I'm starting talking to Vanessa about it. <laughs> and, then, and she figures out, and I have no idea what it is. I'm pretty sure my eight-year-old son, he's, who'd been watching The Matrix for like a week or two, and I, I had, so here's the bad part. I had no idea it was even associated to The Matrix. Oh, no. Oh, hilarious. And oh. my eight-year-old, actually, at this point in time, he is seven, I think, yeah. And then he's and he he's like, what? You don't know what a red pill is? It's like and they get there, what? <laughs> and so yeah, he knew that you know the the red and the blue pill that that he got talked into taking the blue or not talked in, but he chose the the right pill. And this is like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. 
And Vanessa, she harassed me for the rest of my life on that one. So I'm going to speak in the red phone. I have no idea what it was. That's a, that's got to be, by the way, just the story that brings another vertical, but like the PMA B&B, like Airbnb type of thing, a network of places you can stay. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's inside the, inside the Renegade Nation across the board. I mean, they advertise in there and then you know that you can go there and you know that it's going to be, they're not going to be all freaked out about you not wearing a mask. And, and it's, I mean, we stay in a lot of Airbnbs. Yeah, a bunch, yeah. and and there's some of their their rules, and some of them are like, well, these guys are in- pretty interesting. Nice, and it's like pretty sad how people get that in their head that they got to like that. Yeah, so, well, one of my favorite uh, pictures of someone taking a picture of a poster in a store window. I think it was a restaurant window or something like that. And there was something that said, um, "The government requires us to ask you to wear a mask, but." my employees are not government employees. We are not government employees. We are not paid to enforce this. So you've been asked now, that's all that's going to happen. That's all that's required. Right. Well, so one of the things we're doing renegation guys is we're going to have in it and we need to get this done next week because we got a bunch of people on, on there already. And, but I have a sticker that we're going to produce and it's, it's our logo on the, on the renegadenation.org. And basically it's the United States, and then on the top of it, it's got um, the renegade nation. And then it says, we, the free people. Um, so our part of our constitution is we the, we, the people. And I think that we need that update to that piece of it for, in my mind is we, the free people, not just yeah. we, the people, but we, the free people. Right. So, so with that, and, and that's, we need to produce that and pronounce it. So the sticker is going to go to everybody who's joined the renegade nation. We're going to get them out to everybody. And then um, they're going to post it on their business. So when you're walking down the street, and you see, and, and then as a PMA, you don't have to put all that garbage on your window. You know, you right. must wear a mask and all that crap. Um, they, they can get all that stuff off there. They can put a Renegade Nation sticker on it when you're walking down the street. And I don't care if it's a doctor's office or a restaurant or a you know, retail store, you're going to see that sticker. And if you're a, a free-minded person, you're, you're going to see the one next to it that says mask required. And you look in the door, everybody's wearing a mask. You look over here in that one there, no one's got a mask on. Where are you going to go? Yeah. You're going to go to that one there and you're going to identify it. So that's that's the that's one of the big encouragements to that sticker is that you know I want them plastered on every free business across the country. So. Yeah, we were talking about an idea like that too. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to find out more, do you have any other questions? I think we oh, can, we're, you... we've taken a lot of your time. I appreciate that. Oh, I was I was going to ask if he has more time. Oh. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll use up okay. as much time as well, you like. Let's hurry. <laughs> like, well, I just want to be conscious of that. Okay. You don't have to man. say yes. Yeah, so you can get a hold of me um, at mike at the PMA team dot club dot club C L U B Mike at then, the PMA team dot club. Correct. And then the website for that is the PMA team dot club. Okay. And and then also you could go to the renegade nation dot org. So it's the renegade nation.org. Okay, the renegade nation.org. And that's the renegade nation. The, the PMAs are the vehicle to get us there. And the renegade nation.org is the, it's our new parallel society, our new tribe, our community, however you want to say it. That's, that's where I want to see everybody dump into that. And we're going we're gonna to make things change, change things around the country. And we're going to do a lot, a lot of stuff with that. There's gonna be a lot of stuff happening. Oh, and one thing I didn't mention. Oh, I did. I think yeah. We, we're gonna have our our own co-share um, medical system insurance. It's not really insurance. It's a co-share, a MetaShare that's gonna come out, and it'll be on the Renegade Nation here. Hopefully by the end of the month, if not beginning of February. 
and that's where people can go buy a MetaShare on there. And yeah, MetaShare is a pretty cool thing. I don't. Do you guys have MetaShare in Canada at all? You know, you know what that is. Or MetaShare, no. So my wife and I today we have what's called Christian Healthcare um, Ministries MetaShare, and then basically we pay a fee, and then it's like five hundred dollars a month, and it's 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 the it basically the the government because they mandated you know Obama I think mandated everybody had to have insurance right so it, which whacked out our insurance industry even more than it was made it more affordable the stupidest thing I ever in my life and then, so anyway this is one of the benefits of doing that it's a basically it's a catastrophic care and it's very inexpensive and what happens is you go to the doctor and you pay out of pocket for all the things up to five hundred dollars and then as soon as you pay it five hundred dollars then they pay for the whole thing. If anything, over $500, they pay for it. So or after you hit $500, they pay for everything over $500 for that single item. So you break your leg, it's $2,500. You pay $500 out of your pocket and they pay the rest of it. You, know, you get something in it and it's, you know, you're going to $500 deductible or $5,000 deductible and it's a million dollars. Then you pay that deductible and then they pay the rest of it. So that's how the thing works. And it basically it's a bunch of people putting their money into a big, big pot of money and then sharing the money to the patients that need money. So right. that's how it works. And it works great. You've been around for a long time. And, yeah. and it's an effective way for you know, what we're seeing in our industry here in the United States is the number of clinics and doctors and professionals are going away from insurance. So they're dumping their insurance and they're going to cash only. And then this system allows in a MediShare, you can go to any doctor you want to anytime you want to. You don't have to ask anybody for, you know, can I go here? Do I, you don't need a referral to go to the doctor. You just call the doctor and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you've got this MediShare and this is what my problem is. I need, I need to come over and they say, okay. So that's effectively, it's free, freedom insurance is what it's, imagine that. That's pretty cool. Being able cool. to go to the doctor you want to. Yeah. No, you know, I know, I know it's something that's kind of similar, but it's not as cool as that. This is. <laughs> this is oh, like another thing we're going to have that is really cool is we're on Zoom here today. Yeah. And uh, we have, which, you know, we get to say hi to Nancy Pelosi, right? And all her colleagues yeah. right. in yeah. China. So hopefully within a month or so, I'm going to have my own video platform. Whoa, that's amazing. On the Nation. So you'll be able to go on there and get the video platform on Zoom, uh, not a uh, non-Zoom. And yeah. check this out. It's blockchain encrypted. Oh, that's all. Nobody goodness. can go in there except for the two people watching it or people that are on it. You can, you can record it. And then that file gets seen by nobody, not even the company that's back in our system. That's oh awesome. my goodness, that's it's amazing! Like, it's kind of like Jitsi, though. Jitsi. Yeah, it's like it's very much like Jitsi. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. that is. Oh, use, use Zoom because people know Zoom, but uh, yeah, I, but is, I, yeah. And then one of the, my requirements is that it's, my it's functional, right? Because Jitsi is a little bit weird right now, and some of the things that happen in it. Yeah. But in Zoom, it's been you know I used to buy Zoom a long time. I buy it again now, but I used to have it for my other businesses, and and I never used it ever yeah. and because it was it was quirky and weird and then as soon as the pandemic came out guess you know guess who introduced the zoom platform to all the schools all right, of a sudden right. Pelosi owns it it's all the schools all the governments across the country and now you know and, and she owns a big piece of it which made her millions and millions probably hundreds of millions of dollars and you know that, so that's kind of grown into that but now we'll have a one of our own systems that's oh, that's, uh, awesome. that's not you know corruptible Oh, I look forward to supporting that and not supporting Sweet. Zoom anymore. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm so ecstatic about it. It's going to happen quick. And by the way, if you need anybody who's, uh, you know, really savvy in the building website category, we have somebody. <laughs> oh, do you? All right. We, awesome. that we, that we would be happy to uh, refer to as well. Sweet. And she's okay. like-minded. <laughs> is, is her name Sasha? 
No. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> hey, you know, you never know, right? No, absolutely. No. That is not my forte at all. No. Mine either. Yeah. No, definitely a higher event in my life. Yeah. So, yeah that's awesome. Okay. Well, I think I know you have questions, but you guys are gonna have further meetings. So you can Yeah, we can we can do offline. And then we can maybe do more yeah. later on and, and give an update about what's going on in Canada. Cause I mean, we have people tuning in from all over the world here. So you know what would be cool, not, Sasha? Yeah. I would like to see, and maybe we could do one that I could put on the Renegade Nation where you have somebody that knows about Canada and Canada's law and could give us an insight on Canada that we can put on the Renegade Nation for other people to watch, both from Canada and the US. And maybe some of the things that are good, maybe some of the things are bad, some of the things that have slid, some of the things that they've changed on you, maybe, maybe a little bit political, but more infrastructural wise, that would be amazing to have that. Oh, let's find somebody. Well, I think I have the guy. You have the guy? Perfect. You might have the guy. Might have. I have two, be awesome. two guys in particular. One who I understand used to be a judge. I think I told you about him. But, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. But anyway, yeah. that's one person. But another person, he's actually a friend that I just haven't connected with in many, many years. But he's actually operating a something like PMA. It's actually oh, nice. It's, it's, it's actually based with a letters patent. It's been filed into the government so they can get the BN. You guys have an EIN. We have the BN right. here. Yep. So he has his bank accounts open, all this stuff, but no jurisdiction. It has something to do with those, the civil law stuff in, in Quebec. Um, I'd like to hear about that. It might be given some insight. I know that we can take with our um, the structure with a, a, a PMA there. You can also get your, it's a BIN. Is that correct? Is that what you said? BN. Just BN. In the end, okay, yeah, I know that you can get that. We've already gone through that with Rob, so we've confirmed that and seen the data on it. So, okay, and then we actually structurally found out how you guys can be a nonprofit as well. Sweet, so, because that's a lot of language that comes that says you cannot be a profit, like if you do this unincorporated association stuff with, uh, and they, they splash all the words, you know, cannot. Well, see, and the thing is, do we have the same thing too, right? You, it's a nonprofit, and, and actually, 508, you know, make that clear it's not a nonprofit, it's a non taxable entity. Even in a nonprofit, a nonprofit can make profit. It yeah. can make as much, it can make a billion dollars. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What it can't do is it can't pay dividends and it can't take money out of the nonprofit. So right. the money that comes into it is made for doing the building of that organization, right? It's right. made for the structure, for the expansion of it, for the good of it, right? You have to pay the payment. You can, I mean, it's like you look at the Red Cross in the United States. I mean, they pay the person that runs that, you know, like, I don't know, $9 million a year or something like that, right? Out of a nonprofit. And it sounds a little profitable to me. Right? Yeah, right? it does. So, you know, and, and the, the Goodwill is a nonprofit. And maybe it's the Goodwill. So the Goodwill doesn't really give anything out to anybody. Yeah. They keep they keep the majority, all their money. I don't think they really give anything out, but but it's a nonprofit. So, you know, not, you just can't structurally, you have to do things with inside their guidelines. Yeah. And if you, if you make those things happen, then you still qualify as that, that event. So, I mean, you got the Salvation Army. I think you guys have Salvation Army up there, right? We do. Which yeah. is the best, the best, not the, the best organization there is out there, right? They're, they're wonderful. And then they're the leaders. They don't make much money. They, they give most of everything they have away. It's there. It's an amazing organization when you, in comparison to when you look at the Red Cross or the, you know, Goodwill and the rest of the ones we have here, just they're all fronts for people making money. Right. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I look forward Absolutely. to learning more about this. This is so empowering. It I is. thank you so much. It's inspiring. It's empowering. I think the big hurdle here is going to get over people's mindset of requiring asking permission and that fear yeah. of 
what to do if they are challenged with it. So yes. I really look forward to getting more information on this and I really appreciate you. I mean, thank you for all the, what you've put in so far. To yeah, this oh, yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's, it's so, it's my new driving force, man. I've been, you know, the Lord put me on a mission and here I am and I'm going forward. And, yeah. I could tell uh, I'm asking for permission to do stuff. Yeah. I've seen you with Vanessa and she's all going for it too, right? Like no, it, we're side by side guys. Oh, yeah. So no doubt about it. Okay. She's, She's my biggest partner on that, on everything we're doing. And in fact, it was her that led me into all this stuff. I was, I'm a, a politically lazy person where I just work all the time. And, and she's <laughs> the one who got fired up and started doing stuff because of vaccinations. Yeah. And it's her that brought me into this whole thing, right? So, and in fact, we were in the garage about a month ago, moving some stuff out in storage and gone, going through boxes. And we're out there actually doing that again today. And, uh, and I pull up this box and it's all Vanessa's books. And then, you know, someone really old. So she, we, she comes out and we're looking at him and she pulls out this book at 18 years old. I've always teased everybody and her that, you know, she's a conspiracy theorist. So she pulls out this book and it was her conspiracies when she was 18 years old. And ah. the books that she was reading were all conspiracy books when she was 18 years old. And, I was getting into that pretty soon then too. So yeah. I mean, it's not conspiracy theory. Let's correct that. It's conspiracy. There are conspiracies. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. Well, there are they're not theory, conspiracy theories anymore. They're some oh, conspiracy facts. You know, absolutely. most of those things happen. And the things she's told me over the last 10 years, it's like, oh, you know what? Come on. There's no way that's going to happen. And <laughs> most of them came true. And it's now I'm even pro, you know? So, so then I jumped on board. So everybody thinks that I'm the one who drove it and I'm here driving it. And it's, it was her kicking me all the way along, kicking and screaming. <laughs> here I am now today. But anyway, thank you so much, guys. It's so nice to meet you both. And yeah. Uh, yeah, let's let's get back on the phone here and, and um, another Zoom and let's talk. Absolutely. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. You guys have a wonderful day. You too. Thank Take you. Care. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Bye.